I call them knowing moments. Those little times that pop up when my wife and I are together in some sort of situation and something happens or something is said and we both know what the other is thinking. I'll tell you about one of ours coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome, friends, to The Inner Life. Our seasoned spiritual directors are here to give you a bit of help and a bit of hope in living out your life of faith today. And I'm your host, Patrick Conley. One knowing moment that I shared with my wife was years ago, but for whatever reason, it sticks in my head. And I got to be honest, I don't even remember exactly what happened, but my wife and I were together and I just, whatever happened, I spoke out the movie quote, don't worry, she'll hold together. You hear me, baby? Hold together. And in the blink of an eye, she nailed the source of the quote. Now, for those of you who are curious or are wondering, it was a line from Han Solo in the original Star Wars in reference to his ship, the Millennium Falcon. Now, this is such a small, trivial thing, but it impressed upon me a deep sense of love for my wife and the life that we share together. That we have had so many experiences and know each other so well, though she can still surprise me from time to time. Anyway, these knowing moments are just one of the ways that I receive love from my wife. But in preparation for today's show, I started wondering about the ways my own relationship with Jesus grows and develops in love. Love, of course, that is always initiated by him. Specifically, do I have these sorts of knowing moments with Jesus, recalling the life that he and I have shared together? Do I receive his love in and through the prayers that I pray? Well, today on the program, we're talking about prayer as receiving God's love. Joining us for the first time as a new spiritual director on the program is Father Bryce Sibley. Father Sibley is a priest of the Diocese of Lafayette, Louisiana. He serves as professor of moral theology, spiritual director, and coordinator of intellectual formation at Notre Dame Seminary. Father Sibley, welcome to The Inner Life, and thanks for joining us. It's great to be here. Uh, I guess I'm going to be your Chewbacca today if you're on solo. <laughs> That's very good. Oh, we're already off to a great start, Father, so <laughs> congratulations <laughs> for that. That's great. Well, this is your first time on the show, Father, so if you wouldn't mind, maybe take a couple minutes to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Father Bryce Sibley. I am a priest of the Diocese of Lafayette, Louisiana. I was born in Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, went to high school there, public high school product. Went to the local university. At that time, the University of Southwestern Louisiana, which, of course, became the University of Louisiana, Lafayette. Um, while I was there, at the end of my junior year, I decided to enter the seminary. I'd actually thought about priesthood for a, a good period of time, in and out, but kind of did my own thing in college, grew my hair out, listened to some yeah. rock and roll, partied too much. Uh, <laughs> but... Really, the Lord through Our Lady brought me to a deeper conversion into the seminary, did two years of college seminary at St. Joseph Seminary College in Covington, and then was blessed to be able to go and finish my studies at the North American College in Rome. So I did mm. three years, under under then Monsignor, but became Cardinal Dolan, of course, mm -hmm. uh, three years at the Dominican University, the Angelicum, and then two years finishing my license degree at the Pontifical John Paul II Academy for... Institute for Marriage and the Family Studies. I was ordained in 2000, uh, went back for another year to finish my degree, 
And then from 2001 to 2003, was a vicar in a small parish in my diocese. Well, in a rural parish, a large rural parish in my diocese. We're mostly a rural diocese. Uh, two assignments as pastor. And then 2010, received the great blessing of being assigned as pastor and chaplain where I went to college, UL, wow. University of Louisiana. I was there as pastor and chaplain for the Raging Cajun Catholics. <laughs> uh, for about 11 years and saw just a, a real real growth in ministry. We had, I got focused there in 2011, just a lot of wonderful ministry, teaching, formation, vocations, marriages, just such a gift uh, to work with thousands of students, a whole generation of Catholics. And then in 2021, I came over to Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans, where I am now cold here today uh, probably not as cold as wherever you are but uh for, for louisiana it's 30 we're like we're freezing school shut down um wow but uh and so i am professor of moral theology i teach morals here that's kind of my specialty particularly sexual ethics also a spiritual director for the guys i also am the coordinator of intellectual formation kind of just help cast vision for formation as one of the integral dimensions of priestly formation so Getting to work with future priests. I've been here for two and a half years. I feel very blessed to be at this great seminary in this wonderful city. And uh, it's a, a joy to be with you, talking with you all today. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great to have you on the program. And uh, I'm in central Wisconsin, so I would say send some of that 30-degree weather up here. We could really use it. I'll probably need to send you all some gumbo or something to keep you warm. There you go. We will take that as well. That's very good. Well, we're talking about prayer today as receiving God's love. But let's just start with the basics, Father. What What is prayer? You know, that that's I have I do spiritual direction and have done it for a while and I give a fair amount of retreats and, and on prayer. And it's one of the the things I always leave with like what is prayer? And there's so many different definitions and the catechism gives different ones. I often hear people say, Well, prayer is a, a conversation with God. And I, and I, I, I don't mean to sort of disagree, but with a, you and I are having a conversation. I yeah. say something, I hear you speak back. Rarely do we really hear God's voice. I mean, people say they do, but not in the same audible way, or we don't continue a conversation. So while that's correct, I, I think it can cause some confusion. I think a lot of the times it's more like we send a letter, and we send it overseas, like people used to do, and we wait about a month before we get a response back. Um, but I, I think w what happens is, as correct as that or other definitions can be, it places maybe too much of the initiative or the agency on us. I prefer the definition, and I take it from different sources, but I uh, really like Sister Ruth Burroughs. Prayer is basically being present to allow the Lord to love us, mm. to receive the Lord's love. That's it. It's not primarily thinking about things, meditating, even though those part of it, it's not primarily what we say or we do but it's being present to receive the love of the Father. That's it, hmm. at its essence. Yeah. I mean, we can okay. go from there, but my, my point is if we don't have that as the essence, all that other stuff can end up becoming very distracting. It can become saying prayers, but not actually a prayerful encounter with the living God. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say that that's probably a pretty ubiquitous problem, certainly, and that, uh, yeah, we do. We, I know that I have been guilty of, of, yep, just kind of checking the prayer boxes as I'm getting through things. And 
And that's that's one of the things too. I mean, catechism references scripture when uh, in paragraph two five five nine uh, twenty five fifty nine. It talks about humility being the foundation of prayer, and only when we humbly acknowledge that we do not pray as we ought are we ready to freely receive uh, the gift of prayer. Man is a beggar before God. So prayer, in as you've just defined it, Father, I can understand how it's a gift. So how do we begin to receive this gift of God, to be, to be receiving his love in and through prayer, to be present to him, to let him love us? Well, I think... There are probably a number of things. And of course, there's not a formula or a technique that we can adopt to be able to be present to receive the Lord's love. I think a lot of the times we in our culture today want to take a technique or some method. I'm going to apply it to, you know, economics or to study or to uh, driving and I'm going to produce a result. And that seeps over into our prayer life. I'll take this technique, I'll do A, B, C, D, and oh, I'm going to be a great prayer. No, that makes prayer, our relationship with God, be a matter of our own manipulation and control. Mm. What I prefer to do is, in talking to people and sort of guiding them into deeper prayer, to ask them what are, or what is, or what are the obstacles to you being receptive to the Lord's love? or in a certain sense, receptive of anything. And I think this brings us to, I guess, something which is a a bit more human, but again, we pray as humans. As much as we love to give, and we give love and give gifts to people, it's much harder for people to receive from others. Because that receptivity implies a deep vulnerability. Um, If I'm giving you a gift, if I'm controlling a conversation, well, I'm in control. Uh, I don't have to risk anything, but when I have to stop and listen, or if I'm going to put myself in a position to receive from you, I become very vulnerable. I can receive great things, a gift, love, but you could also hurt me. And I think that is what I find is the biggest obstacle for a lot of people, that deep down there is a, a fear of vulnerability. That if they really open their hearts and lives to allow the Lord to love them, quite possibly he will see their hearts and see their sinners and reject them. That uh, They feel they will not live up to God's standards. It's sort of maybe a flawed idea of who God is. Or that God will abandon them. So I, I think the real key then, if there's anything on our part, because we, we, we can't just sit there on the couch and expect God to infuse love within us. It'd be nice, uh, mm-hmm. wonderful if that was the case. But what, what are the walls that we have up that we don't want Jesus to tear down or walk through? Where, what fears do we have of, of letting the Lord love us or letting others love us? Um, and I think a lot of times we can find what that might be is by looking at our overall fear of vulnerability in other relationships, where we've been hurt, where we've been disappointed, and to try to find some healing and some reckoning with that. So yeah. that's a more practical approach, but that's where I usually find what, what stops us from really being vulnerable in prayer is, uh, is the fear of vulnerability, the fear of being hurt or rejected or abandoned. Mm-hmm. We're talking today about prayer as receiving God's love with a brand new spiritual director for us here on the program, although a seasoned one uh, in other areas of life, Father Bryce Sibley. 
And we are talking again about receiving prayer as receiving God's love. What is your experience with prayer? Do you receive God's love in prayer? And how, how do you do that? Do you struggle maybe what some of those walls are, some of those fears you may have about vulnerability? And you uh, have some questions about that, about how to move forward in your relationship with the Lord in and through uh, specifically prayer. Give us a call. Join the conversation. Our toll-free studio line, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. If you'd prefer, you can send us an email. Our email address is innerlife@relevantradio.com. Well, I, I'm liking where this conversation is going, Father, certainly. But um, some of the things in this fear of vulnerability, how does that, how can be, how can, maybe we're not even aware of that, I guess it, it strikes me, that maybe there are things in my life, there are walls, as you put it, that uh, we don't want Jesus to tear down, that I'm not even sure what those walls are. So do you have uh, any direction on how we can maybe even come to recognize that I have placed this wall up and I really don't want the Lord to touch it? Yeah, I think there are, there are different ways we can do that. Um, on a very practical level, is a deeper self-awareness. Um, okay. I think it's one of the things we need to be aware of our own selves, of our strengths, our weaknesses, where the Lord's blessed us, where we've been hurt. A lot of these wounds can possibly go back to family of origins. I don't want to reduce everything to wounds and that we would like sit and just mull over them, but, but we all have our, our, our wounds and limitations. Um, so there is a deep self-knowledge, and of course, Christ can bring us to that deeper self-knowledge. Um, I think the first way we can really do is if we do this is, is people who do know us, um, who mm. we do trust, who might be able to... It's very often difficult to see ourselves with our own eyes. We need the eyes of another often to see us, to see us as we truly are and to, to sort of mediate God's love for us. So I think in that dialogue with friends and families, people who do love us, they may help us to come to, to understand what these walls are. I also think that quite often, if we see that there are some big ones that potentially come from a lot of trauma, to seek out counseling, uh, therapy uh, from mm -hmm. a good Catholic counselor, be willing to do EMDR if you don't know anything about that. I've had a number of people who've come to me over the years for spiritual direction, and after sort of the initial intake or whatever, I said, I'd be willing to do it, but only after you go to counseling. Um, it's going to be very difficult for you to, to trust in the Lord, God as a father, if, let's say, you have a terrible relation with your earthly father. I'm not saying you got to get to a certain point, then I'll do it. We need to do it in tandem, just like if you, you know, break your leg. You can ask God to heal your leg, but you need to go to the doctor. So I, I'm a big proponent of good counseling to help with self-knowledge and to come to find healing. Um, but I think the healing on the human part comes through primary, or the knowledge comes through relationship. Uh, Cardinal Ratzinger uh, talked about, he has a beautiful uh, sort of analysis of John 4 and the encounter of Jesus with the Samaritan woman that the woman came to conversion after Christ dialogued with her and sort of reflected who she was back to herself. She had to come to know her dignity, her own sinfulness, and then was able to accept Christ. Mm. Um, and Christ can do that directly through prayer. And so I think a lot of the times, just in prayer and saying, Lord, I'm fearful. I don't even know what these walls are. Please reveal them to me. And he can do that directly through prayer, but he'll often do it through his body, the church. 
Hmm. I find nine times out of ten, like you were talking about this knowing experience. Yeah. God will communicate through other people. Uh, so often, um, our desire to go directly to Jesus with these things is not bad, but it can be a way of spiritual self-protection because other people know me better. I find, though, in the daily relationships and our allowing ourselves to be loved, to be seen by others, the Lord uses those other people, uses the members of the church to be able to bring about that healing and to tear down the walls. I often find if we have a hard time being vulnerable with people around us, you're going to have a hard time being vulnerable with Jesus. Yeah. And so as we learn to be vulnerable with other people, we may remove a brick here or there. It opens a space for us to be more vulnerable with Jesus. He removes a few bricks, and so our walls are torn down, our wounds are healed through Christ acting directly in prayer and Christ acting through his body through the church. Mm. Uh, so it takes work, um, yeah. and, and I think that's the thing. Is a lot of people, it's like, you know, when you, you're feeling bad and you know you need to go to the doctor, but you don't want to because you're afraid of the, the, the surgical process or what the, the news might be, so you stay away. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of courage to do it, and we're more willing to do it if others are willing to go with us and to assist us and say, hey, it's going to be all right. You don't have to do this alone. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's that's one of the things that was striking me, Father, as you were describing that, that uh, it takes work, it takes uh, intentionality, and it takes courage, yeah, to do to do these things. Yeah, but in the end, it's really worth it. And then the Lord, through His grace and the Spirit, is the one who's going to heal. And, and often it's in an imperceptible way. What I've seen, I think in my own life and in working with people, you know, it's like you're sick and you start taking medicine. You don't feel the medicine working in you, but over the course of oh. two or three days, you gradually begin to see a change. You gradually begin to see a difference. The person who is really committed to being receptive, to being vulnerable, the Lord's grace sometimes acts instantaneously and just tears down the wall. Yeah. But more often than not, it's like that process of erosion. You don't even notice it, but the waters, the, the graces roll over the rock, roll over the walls, and eventually it, it cracks and comes crumbling down. Yeah. Yeah, I love that analogy, Father. Today we're talking about prayer as receiving God's love with our new spiritual director, Father Bryce Sibley, and he has uh, been yeah, telling us a lot of great things about what prayer is and how um, how we can begin to work on being vulnerable in front of the Lord and so as to receive God's love. If you have particular experiences of receiving God's love in and through prayer, if there's a way in which you are yeah, receiving the love of the Lord for you, his deep and, and ultimate concern for you, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Maybe you have questions. I know I have a few rolling around in my head. Questions about how you might get into this place where you are less or you are more vulnerable for the Lord, less fearful about being open before Him. 888-914-9149 is our phone number. Inner life at relevantradio.com is our email address. We're going to be back with more of the program right after this short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas.
Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. Thanks for joining me. And hey, don't let the Eucharistic Congress, the National Eucharistic Congress, fall off your radar screen here. It's still coming up this July, and you can get ready with the Eucharistic Encounter. Short videos, stories about the Eucharist from Father Rocky himself, the Executive Director of Relevant Radio. If you're curious if the National Eucharistic Congress is for you, check out and sign up for our free Eucharistic Encounters video series with Father Rocky. You can discover how the Eucharist has transformed the lives of ordinary people into saints and the significant impact an encounter of your own can have in your life, too. You can find it all at RelevantRadio.com slash encounter. Again, RelevantRadio.com slash encounter. Well, here on the program today, we're talking about prayer as receiving God's love with our spiritual director, Father Bryce Sibley. Father Sibley, uh, great stuff that we've had thus far in the program. And one of the things that occurs to me is that um, a lot of this, maybe fear, I guess, in my own life that I could see in terms of being vulnerable before God is that maybe I just don't have the right idea or the right picture of God in my head. Is that a frequent kind of encounter that you have as a spiritual director? Oh, absolutely. I think it's fundamental. I mean, a lot of people will come and say, Father, I'm struggling to pray because I'm distracted or I'm too tired. And it all becomes problems with technique. And I'm not saying that, hey, those aren't need to, to, to be addressed. But again, as we said, prayer is not about a technique, but about that fundamental receptivity. And so I think that really is, it's not so much about our own wounds and walls, but about who we're relating to. Mm. And so particularly whether we want to see Christ or the Father, it's a flawed idea of who God is. Let's, let's go back to Star Wars. Remember Luke on Dagobah? When that, that big creepy tree, he knew he had to go into yeah. it. Yeah. And, and and I use this a lot in spiritual direction. I did college student spiritual direction, so a lot of them have seen Star Wars. It's a, <laughs> yep. He didn't want to go, but Yoda said go, but your, your lightsaber's not going to do any good. And he goes there right. and he confronts Darth Vader, but when he cuts his head off, he sees it's his, his own, own face. face. Yep, that's right. And so he had to face his own fears, but as we come to find out later, uh, that he's actually facing fear of his father, having mm-hmm. to confront that. And, and what I see is people, a lot of the times, and a lot of it is because maybe their own earthly fathers or experience of authority or problems we have in general with authority, they see God as maybe an, an absent deity or one who will not show up when they need him, or one who's almost a capricious tyrant, mm. or one who's like a, a coach, demands you to do this, to perform, instead of a loving father who, who does want us to, to thrive and be happy and, and to, to, to live a full life. So it's very hard to tr- trust, because it's not the trust we're looking for is a filial trust. Not the trust of, of a servant to a master, but the trust of a son or a daughter to a father. But if we don't believe God is a loving father who wants what's good for us, then it's often not going to work. And mm. so that's what really our identity as sons and daughters, as beloved sons and daughters, needs to be transformed. But ultimately, our concept of who God is as a loving father. Some people like Therese. Therese had a great dad, so it was easy for her I'm not trying to reduce prayer to psychology, but there is a certain human element that we perceive God as we may perceive our earthly father. She had an Mm -hmm. easy time of seeing God as that loving father, and she could have confident trust because her dad was so good to her. Um, And so it comes to to facing our own father wounds, but coming to really have a renewed, not just intellectual sense, 
but I ask people to pray for an experience of the Father's love for them as a beloved son or daughter. That's where the bond of trust comes in. That's where the walls come down. If I don't trust you, I'm not going to let you in. I'm not going to show you my heart, but if I do trust you as a father, oh, then things begin to change. Mm-hmm. And I, as you've already indicated, Father, there's, I suppose, I imagine there's many things that can go into us constructing this false, this false view of God in our own lives from father wounds and our, our earthly fathers to, uh, yeah, I, all kinds of experiences that can go into this. People, uh, other spiritual authority figures, um, maybe projecting their own view of God onto others and that sort of thing. Um, so I like what you you advised in praying for an experience of God's love for um, for us, for me as an individual, mm-hmm. right? And uh, any other any other things that it's it's healthy to do to help undo some of the damage that may have done, been done over the years in constructing our view of God. Well, besides therapy and possibly EMDR if necessary to to work through those wounds, um, I, I find this is where I think a lot of people it could be having a father figure. God will often put someone in your life, it could be a priest, it could be a coach, uh, someone, a friend even. Because God communicates his love through other people, uh, where we we come to feel like we're part of a family, we come to feel loved and accepted. This is what I think is so good about campus ministry on colleges. Um, The pastor, the chaplain there, the, the focused missionaries, the ministry team can communicate the Father's love to people at this very age where their, their hearts are able to be transformed and brought closer to Jesus. There are a lot of really great uh, resources too. Again, reading is not going to change things, but it can give you a different perspective. People love Henry Nowen's The Return of the Prodigal Son. Mm-hmm. And I think they love it because it's good writing, but it draws you back to that fundamental parable. I've given so many retreats on it. The, the parable of the prodigal son. I mean, I don't know, for me, if, they were, if I could only read one scripture passage for the rest of my life, that would be the one. Hmm. Luke yeah. 15. It's, yeah. it's all right there. Um, the idea of sonship, how we refuse God's love. There's another book, even though the, the, the new edition has maybe some stuff I would leave out, but uh, Brennan Manning's Abba's Child has some oh, yeah. really beautiful, beautiful reflections. Um, and, and, and St. Therese. I mean... <laughs> Therese's little way of this spiritual childhood and the confidence of a loving father is the way from her own experience, she sort of pushes away that the Jansenistic tendencies that were prevalent in France in the 18th and 19th century of seeing God as this just judge or one who's demanding sacrifice to this loving father who just calls us into union with him. Um, and I think, again, too, it's, it's, it's not just the sense of God as not a loving father, but particularly when we fail when we were not perfect, when we make mistakes, that God's not there to judge us or shame us, but to say, hey, I saw your goodwill, you tried your best, let's move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he still loves us and wants to, wants to bring us into communion. Yeah. So I think those are, uh, we can read, we can have experiences with other people, and then we can pray for that experience to be given to us directly through prayer. But it's the experience of being loved, particularly in our weakness, particularly in our shame and our vulnerability, that's where the, 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 the real transformation happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Very good. Speaking with our spiritual director, Father Bryce Sibley, today about prayer as receiving God's love and some excellent ways in moving into God's love and, and being present to receive it and as his great love for us. If you have questions about where you are in life and your prayer life right now and maybe what your view of God is and how you might uh, how you might sharpen that. Maybe it needs a lot of work. Maybe it needs just a little work. But give us a call. Join the conversation. Our phone number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Uh, Father, one of the things that is so prevalent in our society today, and I am as much uh, vulnerable to it as anybody else is, I suppose, um, which is uh, rely a lot on feelings to reveal uh, to reveal things like the presence of God to me, to reveal a lot of things to me. But, you know, there's this there's this understanding that, well, if I feel God's presence, then he's authentically here. But if I don't feel that, he's not. Now, I know that there is there is a role for our emotions, obviously. They've been given to us, our feelings. But at the same time, I know we can overplay that hand as well. Any thoughts or advice along that, like if we don't feel God's presence? No, that's a. That, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's where I would have wanted to go with this conversation. Um, when it comes to just practical struggles in prayer, I hear this the most, Father, I'm not feeling God. Mm-hmm. Certainly, there can be the dark night of the senses, the dark night of the soul. The Lord purifies us by removing feelings. And in fact, we study Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross. As, as we move forward, we, we, we want to move away from reliance on feelings. Um, feelings come at the beginning. It's good. I prefer to use the term, and, and this is some, some of the reading I've, I've been doing, not feelings, but resonance. Okay. We, we, we're looking for resonance. Um, and I think a lot of the times, just I, we want things to resonate with us. We want this football game to resonate with us. We want this beautiful weather to resonate with us. We, wanna, we want to feel something. And what happens is we have the ability now to produce resonance. Well, if I take this pill or if I do these things, I'm going to have a great day or I'm going to enjoy the sporting event or I'm going to have a wonderful dinner. You can't produce resonance in the spiritual life mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's ultimately a gift. And so I think we need to, just like we look in relationships, we, we can't be looking for feelings. We're looking for the person. Yeah. So a lot of it is like, okay, what is our relationship to resonance? What are we expecting is, is the first thing. But the second, <coughs> excuse me, I'm, I'm coughing a little bit here. Um, no the second point is, let's look at other relationships, you and your wife, as much yeah. as you two may sit down and enjoy watching The Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> yeah. there are going to be things in your daily life and your relationship that are not going to produce a lot of resonance. When you were younger, maybe having to wake up and change your kids' diapers or to be able to wash dishes or run chores, you're not going to feel anything. In fact, most of life is not feelings or resonance, but it's the, the, the quotidian doing things, serving, loving, going through life. The key is to be able to, even amidst this, not actually darkness, but just the grind of the daily life that we all have to live, yeah. to be able to not look for feelings, but to be able to seek presence. That somehow, Lord, even though I feel you, I know you're present here, and to have a deeper awareness of, of God's presence. And to maybe go into prayer with more valid expectations. 
I see a lot couples their marriages fall apart after a first few years because this wasn't what I expected. They maybe expected mm. a Hollywood romance. Well, that's going to be there for a little bit, but then it goes away, and you just love as a choice through the, the struggles and the joys of daily life. Same yeah. thing with priesthood or religious life. Yeah. So I think, hey, let's shatter or ha- let's shatter expectations or have a more realistic expectations entering into prayer life. That yeah, God is love, and He showers His love on us. But sometimes you're not going to feel it, and sometimes prayer is just going to be you sitting there, Lord, I feel miserable, I feel you're far away, but I'm still here, and I know you delight in me, and we're going to get through this together. Mm -hmm. Um, So expectations, resonance, I think those are areas to really explore of what we're looking for in prayer, or, or are we expecting God to produce good feelings in us instead of just being willing to be present to him? I like that. I like that word resonance, Father. That's going to resonate with me for for a while now. I'm going to let it. Uh, I'm going to let it bounce around in my in my head and in my soul as I uh, continue to contemplate our conversation this morning. Um, one of the things too, as you were describing that, and I, I will say that as a married man, you're exactly right. Um, my wife and I have been married for 24 years, and uh, we we uh, have come to that. You know, I I really appreciate the resonance that is building between us. Um, and and part of that is recognizing love that she shows me, and like uh, like I open the show with the knowing moments, but but also just in in little things, you know, it's not like it's the grandiose honeymoon, like you were saying, Hollywood type of romance or the honeymoon trip or something like that. But it's the little things that um, she does, she says, she gives to me, you know, that sort of thing. And I can't help but wonder if that's one of the problems, too, in terms of growing deeper in love with our Father, our Heavenly Father, is that we fail to recognize that there there are these little things. I mean, when we're looking for that resonance, I think we need to be paying attention to not just the grandiose God sweeps us off our feet, but the little things of everyday life, too, yeah? Yeah, an awareness of yeah, awareness, the, the, right? The, insp- the, uh, the let's say the inspirations of the spirit, the little gifts that he gives us, being grateful for those things. But the real challenge is, and I think we can go back to experience. In those times of, as one spiritual author says, of bewildering suffering, mm-hmm. of the trials and darkness that come to all of our lives. I'm sure as many you and your wife have some wonderful joys. Y'all have probably gone through some pretty dark times. Um, Dark times that could crush, but also if we seek the Lord's presence amidst the darkness, not necessarily answers, and there's true love of solidarity, we're going to get through this together. I've worked with so many couples, like one of them gets cancer and the other is like, we're going to get through this together. Mm -hmm. That type of of bond where there's no feeling trust it does not feel good at all but there is a much deeper resonance that once we get through the trial the the the, the bond the love is so much stronger mm. not because of all the great feelings we had on our honeymoon but by journeying together through these these dark valleys if that's true in a relationship like that, it's also, I think, true in the spiritual life. That even though we don't sense God there, there's no, there's not just no feelings, but there's tremendous darkness and suffering. To be able to be aware, Lord, even though it doesn't make sense, I believe somehow you are still present here. 
uh, and I'm going to believe that you're standing at the foot of the cross with me, or I have my family and friends, I'm not alone. Once you come to the other side, once you, you pass through that dark time, the, 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 the love, the resonance becomes so much deeper and so much long-lasting. Yeah, yeah, very good. Good points. Great points, Father. We're so grateful for all of your wisdom and advice here and the inner life as we're talking about prayers, receiving God's love with our spiritual director, Father Bryce Sibley, priest of the Diocese of Lafayette, Louisiana, and serves as professor, professor of moral theology, spiritual director, and coordinator of intellectual formation at Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans. We are talking about prayers, receiving God's love. So if you have questions about how you might better receive the love of your Heavenly Father in prayer, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, Inner Life at Relevant Radio, coming up. All right, we will be back with more right after this. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer. And as always, Thomas Engeser, sitting there waiting for your phone calls at 888-914-9149, 888 The March for Life in Washington is this Friday, just a reminder. And again, this year, Relevant Radio is inviting you to fast for life in solidarity with the marchers. You can take an active part in the march from your home or office by praying and fasting for the protection of the unborn. For instance, Autumn in Burnville, Burnsville, Minnesota says, no Diet Coke for 24 hours. Thank you, Autumn, for that sacrifice, for fasting from Diet Coke. Um, Robert from South Elgin, Illinois, will leave it at one serving of coffee in the morning. My hat's off to you, Robert. That sounds like a, a tough one. And David from Buena Park, California, is going to fast from complaining and be extra cheerful during the day. You can tell us how you are going to fast, how you're going to be participating on Friday at relevantradio.com slash fast. That's relevantradio.com slash fast. We have banners on our app and on our website as well. Be sure to share share hashtag, hashtag fast for life on social media as well. Again, talking about prayer as receiving God's love with our spiritual director, Father Bryce Sibley, today, and uh, lots of excellent things coming up here, Father. One of the things that occurs to me in placing ourselves, being present to receive God's love, which was um, kind of the general idea of prayer that you gave us at the, near the top of the show there, is that that might be a fear, is maybe we think that God might not give us his love or show us his love because our sin is too great. Um, we've just wandered too far away. What about what would you say to someone in that type of situation? I think I would repeat what we've talked about before, that what kind of concept do you have of God? If you think that God is this coach or this master that's going to be mm -hmm. un upset and disappointed, then you're going to run and hide out of your own shame. But if we see God as, as not just a loving father, but a father who shows merciful love, I think that's the key. And that's where not only the work of St. Therese comes in, um, of, of trusting that no matter how much I've sinned, I can still go to God the Father and he sees my goodwill and he's willing to, to, to shower his mercy upon us. 
But I would go back to the prodigal son, because uh, it's the prodigal son shows not just a loving father, but a father who expresses merciful love, where he lets the he lets the younger son go. He lets him. He knows what he's going to go do. He doesn't chase after him. And sometimes the Lord just lets us make our own choices. And even though arguably the younger son comes back, not with the, it almost seems like he wants to manipulate the father. But the father shuts him down and just hugs him and receives him because he's so happy to have the son back. Now, the son has to be cleaned up a little bit before he can go back into the house. But there's really no questions asked. And I think looking to the prodigal son shows us that. that, Again, I've seen this as a priest. People have come, Father, it's been, I'm so nervous going to confession. It's been 40 years. I did something 40 years ago that I'm ashamed of. I already know what you did. I can guess it. Mm-hmm. And then they say it, and I'm like, okay, that's really not that big of a deal. You know, Jesus loves you, but it, yeah. we we take certain things and blow them out of proportion. Um, granted, all sin is grave sin. Uh, and maybe a lot of people had a bad experience with the priests when they were younger, and, and I'm so sorry if anyone did. Priests are human too. We have bad moods. Um, but as a priest, like, gosh, I've been a priest for almost 25 years. Nothing shocks me. I've heard everything. It's like, it's like the will of fortune. I say, most people, you have been away. I'm going to give you the RSTLNE. I know what you did. I know if you're a man, I know what you did. If you're a woman, I know what you did. Let's talk about the details. I'm not that I actually do that. I need you to confess it. You know, I need you to confess for your matter. But there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of creativity with sin. It's basically the same thing over and over again. Um, Then if I'm not going to be shocked as a priest, trust me, the Lord isn't either. Um, Mm What I, though, wonder, though, is not just sin. The, the, the bigger issue, again, maybe there may be some profligate sinners who are listening to Relevant Radio right now. Chances are, my guess is, people listening to this station are not so much the younger son, but the older son, who also refuses to come into the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and here's they've been doing their duties and doing everything, but yet... Maybe don't see God as loving father, but as a, a taskmaster. Maybe they're comparing themselves and sort of resentful to the other people who are out having a good time and sinning, and the Lord just takes back. The, the older son refuses the father's love, too. He refuses to come in the house. Uh, and I think there comes in this, this perfectionism. Well, I'm doing everything, and I and the love of God becomes transactional, and you're not giving me what I expect. Therefore, mm. I'm angry at you. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm not coming in the house. I'm going to sit here in Boudet, as we say in Cajun French. I'm going to pout mm. and not come in the house. Um, and, and, it, and again, that perfectionism is often a fear of failure. Um, and... and the, the, I, I would not be loved if I'm not perfect, if I'm not living up to a certain standard. Uh, so I think that maybe I'm wrong, but for what I believe the listening base might be, that might be the bigger issue there is the older son rather than the younger son. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, certainly it resonates with me, uh, the older son. I can see many characteristics that, uh, and I'm so glad that Jesus included that in the parable too, right? I mean, it's just, but again, the father comes out to him as well. When he refuses to go in, the father make, takes initiative with him and he even tells him, right, that, that son, all I have is yours. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a, but what he a great doesn't, gift. But he doesn't force him. That's the no, thing. No, that's right. Just like... We can't 
we can only love someone to the degree they're willing to allow us to love them. In the same way, God will never force himself on us. You can choose to stay outside of the Father's house. He will beg, he will send messengers, but he's never going to force you. And that's why he respects our free will so much. And um, it's, it's sad. The Father wants the, the, younger, the older son to be in the house, but he's not going to stop the party just because he doesn't want to come in. Uh, but the door is always open. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a great great f- pieces of advice here, Father, and great great uh, spiritual direction you're granting us here as we're talking about prayers, receiving God's love uh, with our spiritual director, Father Bryce Sibley. Our phone number here again on the inner life is triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. If you have any specific comments or questions for Father on prayers, receiving God's love, again eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. And I think a lot of times, Father, maybe that uh, that. Well, that distorted view of God that may come from, you know, who knows? Well, it comes from a whole bunch of different sources, as we said earlier, but but it may be manifesting itself in terms of looking down on ourselves for our own failures, our own sins, our own shortcomings, those types of things. That can lead, it can do, I know that some people um, really wrestle with unforgiveness in prayer, unforgiveness of self, maybe first of all, um, but also unforgiveness of others. So um, is this an obstacle that you see too in your spiritual direction? Yeah, I, I see unforgiveness of others, even though I've told them this could take a long, long time. This is over the process of erosion. Yeah. Uh, what I suggest, the best remedy is pray to be able to want to want to want to forgive. Particularly betrayals can be very, very hard. But loving your enemies is not easy, but loving your friends who betrayed you, your family members, is much more difficult. The best way to do it, I suggest, is pray blessings upon them, as St. Paul says. Just really begin to pray these blessings. Hard to do, but that really brings about a change of heart. But the real difficult, and I just talked about this in class today, the biggest challenge for most people is to forgive themselves. I think it's in Evangelium Gaudium. Pope Francis talks about that. The struggle to forgive ourselves for what we've done, for the mistakes we've made, and so often we will get trapped in our heads and ruminate about the thing we did wrong five, ten years ago. Yeah, the person's already forgotten it, but we can't forgive ourselves. And we've got to ask ourselves, what's the, what's the reason for that? Why can't we? Um, is it because we don't believe God is a loving God, or is it possibly we, we have this false perfectionism or this fear of failure? Um, yeah. I, I really suggest, like, if there's one thing people read, the book I've suggested the most is Father Jacques Philippe's Searching for and Maintaining Peace, mm. uh, yep. which is really a condensation of Therese's Little Way, where he talks about accepting our weakness, accepting our failure, whether it be moral, human, physical, whatever, and coming to the Lord knowing that he knows our goodwill, that he knows we're going to fail, but that instead of allowing our failures and our weaknesses and our sins to be something that drives us away from the Father, this is the genius of the Little Way. Not only virtue draws us closer to the Father, but Lord, I've fallen. I'm so weak. I can't do it myself. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. He lifts us up and sets us on the way again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ratzinger talks about Augustine when he first converted. He saw the, the spiritual life as an ashinsus, where we're going to convert. We're going to take the Holy Spirit. We're just going to live the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to move up. But towards the end of his life, he realizes it was not. It was more of an eter, a hodos, a way. There are going to be hills and valleys. There's going to be maybe a 1% incline. We're, we're moving up. But it takes a whole life. And there are going to be a lot of failures. 
And we, the genius of Therese is we can use those failures as a way to become holier by growing in humility and a greater confidence in the Father's merciful love for us. Fascinating. Oh, so good. Good stuff here, Father. Well, we've only got a couple minutes left here before we ask for your blessing, Father. So I think, in just to kind of cap it off, do you want to, do you want to give us, again, kind of... Uh, Again, the main the main thrust of the program in receiving God's love as or prayer as receiving God's love. I think you said early on that you were defining prayer as being present to receive that love. Do you want to just kind of cap that off, summarize that again once for us? Yeah, I think we could say that prayer is more about being present than about doing anything. Where we are present to just really rest with the Lord. I don't think prayer is not prayer is more about resting than working. Prayer is more about loving than thinking. I'm not saying these other elements don't are not pertaining to it. But it's more about that to go to the chapel and to know that Jesus wants to see you, even for five minutes, just like we delight in seeing our friends. He delights in seeing you. Even though you may not feel it, you may feel terrible. Allow the Lord to delight in you, and gradually the erosion will happen where your heart will begin to change, and you come a deeper self-awareness. The walls come down through prayer, through receiving his love through other people, doing the work necessary, uh, and it creates the space for the Lord to really transform our vision of who he is, but also to help us better live and understand our own fundamental identity as beloved sons and daughters in whom the Father delights, in whom the Father is well pleased. I really like the idea of praying and asking God to uh, give us an encounter, an experience of his great love for us as well. That that seems to me to be uh, an ongoing prayer that we can pray, whether we've been walking with the Lord for you know decades or even if we're just starting out in our journey with the Lord. And yeah, to be aware that it may come directly in prayer, but chances are it's going to come through his body, the church, yeah, through other people. Point. But if we expect it to come directly... Like he can be giving us the gift through through our spouse, yeah. And there's little ways, and we're not paying attention because we're expecting the the the, the, the stardust from heaven, right? Um, right. So we, we miss it when it's right in front of us. <laughs> well, Father, this has been a fascinating conversation, and I'm hopeful that uh, I can get a chance to go back and re-listen to it. I'm sure many of our listeners will as well, and uh, you should feel free to share it with others too. You can find us all in all of our programs at relevantradio.com/slash/innerlife. We thank you for joining us, Father, here as our spiritual director today as we've been talking about prayer as receiving God's love. And uh, we always like to close the show with our blessing from our priest. So if you would, please, Father. Sure. Heavenly Father, we ask a blessing on all of those who are listening to our program and that uh, the grace of the spirit, the walls around their hearts and minds may come down. That they may be open to be present to receiving the love of God, the Heavenly Father. And may the blessing of Almighty God come upon you all, Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's Father Bryce Sibley again. Thank you. Thanks be to God. Yes, thank you. Father Bryce Sibley has been our spiritual director today. Prayers, receiving God's love again. If you want to go back and listen again, you can always do so at relevantradio.com slash inner life. Tomorrow on the program, Father Matthew Spencer is with us again, and he's going to be talking about uniting our faith and our work, a very uh, important task of integrating our faith life into all that we do, of course. Coming up next, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant Father Kevin Ripley. Until next time, grace and peace.